What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Friday, December 4th, week 13, coming at us here. A weird week, a weird season, but a weird week 13 in that we have three games after Sunday. A lot of fantasy matchups are going to come down to it in terms of making the playoffs or not. Going to come right down to the wire there on uh, Tuesday night. But I'll get you set up here straight on through every single one of those games on the show today. We'll talk a little bit about Josh Gordon as well, because we have to. I'll talk about that when I get to the Seattle game. Uh, But anyway, before I get into that, let me tell you a little bit about our presenting sponsor. Of course, that's Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's, of course, because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and, of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else? Monkeyknifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll get your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Another uh, just friendly reminder, it's a great way to help the show out. And it's a cool game. It's different than traditional DFS. Uh, If you like player props and you're not in a state where sports betting is legal, this is a really cool alternative. It's not sports betting. It's DFS. But it has some of the – it has similarities to player prop bets. You know, it's not exactly the same thing. But the concept, the underlying concept of over or under a line, it's there. It's a cool game. So check it out. Use the promo code RANT. Let's dive into the matchups for the week uh, we get 15 games to get through here. New Orleans and Atlanta kicking things off. Of course, Taysom Hill just faced this Atlanta defense only a few weeks ago, two to be precise, and he put up points with his legs. He doesn't need to throw the football to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback, and that's exactly where I'm ranking him, by the way, is at 10 this week. A top 10 play, he's not going to throw the ball around the yard. If we get over 200 yards, I consider that a bonus. If we get a touchdown, I consider it a bonus. But I expect 8, 9, 10 rushing attempts, probably more like 10. I expect 40 to 50 rushing yards, and I think he's going to get in the end zone again. And that's rare for me to predict. I don't like to predict rushing touchdowns, but the way that they are, when they get down in the red zone, they're going to use him. Of course, that is bad for Alvin Kamara, as is the matchup. It's the number 28 fantasy matchup for the position. Atlanta's sneaky good against the run. 63 and a half rushing yards per game is all they're allowing. Plus the fact that Kamara is not being used in the passing game, he is more of an RB2. Now, that being said, let's be clear here, he is an RB2. He's not a keep him on the bench guy. He's not a start Matt Breda over him guy. You know, that it's not it, we're not in that territory, okay? He's an RB2. I wouldn't start like Jonathan Taylor over him or Kenyon Drake. He's an RB2. So just keep that in mind. Latavius Murray after last week. I'm curious to see how they use him this week. I would use him as a flex. I wouldn't go any more than that. Matt Ryan chucked the ball to the end zone a whole lot last week. Three end zone throws to Calvin Ridley alone. Eight in the game. High value throws, but this is a tough matchup. The the New Orleans Saints, fourth worst matchup for quarterbacks. 
222.6 net passing yards allowed per game uh, to the position. So not a week to use Matt Ryan outside of two quarterback leagues. Uh, if Todd Gurley is able to get back, and I do think he will, this is a brutal matchup. The Saints are the worst fantasy matchup for running backs. 3.46 yards per carry, 0.3 rushing scores per game allowed to the position. That's the key right there. If Gurley doesn't get in the end zone, he's not a fantasy factor. By the way, it looks like Julio Jones is going to play. So that's actually, you know, that's a little bit better for Matt Ryan. If Julio plays, we've learned our lesson. He is a fantasy starter. Detroit and Chicago, it sets up as a tough matchup for Matty Stafford. I'm interested to see if this uh, talk that they're going to have a faster pace actually does come to fruition here because that'll help. But the fact of the matter is Chicago is a good pass defense and you will not have Kenny Galladay back here. So that's not good for Stafford. Again, two quarterback league, sure, but one quarterback league, no. DeAndre Swift, uh uh-oh. He cleared the concussion protocol, but he was sidelined yesterday with an illness and Adrian Peterson saying that he doesn't look like himself. And the team is saying they're only going to have some packages for him. So, in other words, we can't use DeAndre Swift. That sucks. Just flat out sucks, man. It sucks. Pigs were able to fly last week. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, pigs were able to fly. That's right. David Montgomery actually took advantage of a good matchup. That was my, like, Jay Leno monologue. I don't know I don't know if you caught this. Uh, pigs, pigs could fly last week. That's my Jay Leno. It's not very good. But uh, anyway, uh, I'll spare you that. Yeah, it's a bad joke, but the fact of the matter is it was a cold day in hell because David Montgomery was good, and he has a great matchup. So I'm ranking him as a top 10. Famous last words. Mitchell Trubisky, actually good for the offense as well last week. I kind of dug it, not going to lie, but I'm not going as far as streaming him. In one quarterback leagues. And let's do the uh, the Trubisky line here. Where, where do we draw the line in terms of Trubisky or? And I'll tell you, like streamer-wise, Trubisky or Kirk Cousins, it's Kirk Cousins. Trubisky or, and I'm not including Taysom Hill because I'm assuming he's owned widely. Trubisky or Ryan Fitzpatrick if he starts, which it looks like he will. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Trubisky or Derek Carr. This is where we we kind of have to figure it out. I think I think Derek Carr is safer. <laughs> After last week, that's saying something. It's a coin flip between those two. That's that's the Trubisky line. Trubisky or Baker Mayfield, Trubisky. Trubisky or Stafford on the other side, it's actually Trubisky. So that's kind of where we are. The Trubisky line. <laughs> the things that happen in 2020, there you go. Um, I'd start him in two quarterback leagues. I'd be really hesitant to, to do so in one quarterback leagues. Cleveland, Tennessee, the Titans allowing the 10th most fantasy points per game to running backs. Of course, 4.23 yards per carry, 0.7 rushing scores per game against the Titans. That sets up well for Nick Chubb. My one concern, and it's really only a minor concern, is if game script doesn't set up well. If they don't get out to a lead, we will see more of Kareem Hunt than we did last week. If they get out to a lead, it's all Chubb. So... We're using Chubb as an RB1, but just be aware that like if it isn't the biggest day, then you know take a look at the game script. And if the game script says they got down early, that's why. Kareem Hunt is an RB2. The matchup's good for quarterbacks. Two passing scores per game allowed, but I'm not using Baker, like I just said. That's just too risky. On the other side, Cleveland is one of uh, eight defenses allowing more than two passing scores per game. So they're right there with the Tennessee Titans. 
I've mentioned already this week that I do like Ryan Tannehill a lot. So here's why. Uh, 37.2 passing attempts per game. That's the eighth most in the league is what the Browns are facing, plus the touchdown thing. I think we see a little more pass out of Tannehill. I don't think this is a game where they just completely beat up on the Browns either. I think the Browns have enough to stay with them. Uh, So I think Tannehill is a top 10 play. Now, I will say this. the Probably the most popular question or most common question I've received regarding Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill or Deshaun Watson. It is uber close. I am using Deshaun Watson. I have Tannehill at seven now and Watson at six, so it is really close. And yes, that means I have Tannehill ahead of Kyler Murray, by the way. Uh, Jonu Smith will not play in this one, so it'll be Anthony Ferkser. I barely know her out there. And uh, he's actually top 15. This is a good matchup. Top, uh, it's uh, fourth most fantasy points per game to tight ends. I have to say, for DFS purposes, Anthony Ferkser is very appealing because he is dirt cheap uh, on DK this week. 25 Hunch. Him and Jordan Akins are like my two tops because of how cheap they are. Love it. Love it. Anyway, uh, moving on. To Cincinnati and Miami, Uh, not much to report for Cincinnati. Basically, Giovanni Bernard being a flex option instead of an RB2. I've said it like six times this week already, but that's all I really have. I I don't have, there's there's nothing I can really do here to polish this thing with Brandon Allen under center. Tua Tungavailoa does not look like he's going to play, so it looks like it will be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thank the Lord. Thank you. I'm happy about, and I love Tua, don't get me wrong, but I also have Devontae Parker in a key lineup, and I really would rather Fitzy be out there with Parker. Even though Parker could see that William Jackson shadow, I'm not really too worried about it. Also helps Mike Gesicki as well. So Gesicki's a top 12 tight end. Fitzpatrick is a top 12 fantasy quarterback. He is at 12, in fact. And Parker is a top 15 fantasy wideout. The backfield is a mess. Savan Ahmed is doubtful. DeAndre Washington is doubtful. Miles Gaskin is not activated as of this recording, and I don't know if he's going to be. So we can't count on him being back either. So avoid the backfield. <laughs> and that's that's even better for Fitzpatrick, to be honest with you. Uh, moving on, Jacksonville and Minnesota. Glennon uh, actually wasn't that bad last week. I, always, I think it's funny. So uh, hopefully you watch, but not everybody gets the channel. Either way, on Sunday mornings from 8, to noon Eastern. I'm on that other pregame show on CBS Sports Network, and it's a great show. Adam Shine hosts it. We talk about football. We talk about fantasy. We do a lot in four hours. Just put it on as you're getting ready for your day. It's a great show. And one of my colleagues on the show this year, brand new to the show this year, is Kyle Long. And uh, Kyle is great to work with, and it's always cool working with these professional, former professional players because you get a really great uh, insight into what happened you know, for them in the league and in the behind the scenes that you just don't get. I couldn't tell you that stuff, right? I didn't play in the freaking league. I have no clue. So it's cool. But Kyle, every time he says Mike Glennon, because that's a former teammate of his, right? Every time he's like, Mike Glennon, really tall. <laughs> tall guy, really tall. <laughs> so that is the first thing that comes into my mind every time I hear the name Mike Glennon. Really tall. But he, was, he really wasn't that bad last week. Uh Six passes at 20-plus yards, so he's pushing the ball downfield. Showed good connection with Colin Johnson. DJ Chark will be back this week, so that'll help. But, you know, Glennon may be a fringe QB2. Uh, you know, basically two-quarterback league, that's it. James Robinson's the only player we're starting. On the other side, 
Do you stream Kirk Cousins? Like last week, he was a top three option. He finished third. This week, hmm, a little tricky. Because I do think that the game script is going to be a heavy factor here. Dalvin Cook is going to play. If they get out to a big lead, Vikings football is run the effing ball. It's not throw the effing ball. So last week was really a product of them getting behind by surprise. They didn't expect to be behind to the Carolina Panthers, but they were because of two defensive touchdowns by the same player on consecutive plays. So does that happen in this one? Highly doubt it. Uh, Just be careful with Kirk Cousins. Far from safe as a streamer, even though the matchup looks great. Vegas and the Jets. Speaking of far from safe as a streamer, Derek Carr showed us last week exactly why that is. Play him at your own risk. Yes, it's a good matchup, but play him at your own risk. I don't think that Josh Jacobs will play. I do not have that news as of when I'm recording this here on Friday afternoon. So just be prepared, but I think it's going to be Devontae Booker. He's he's like a, he's a top 15 play. This is a great matchup. Should be a, a favorable game script. I don't think the Jets can muster much on the offensive side of the ball. So Booker could be a little bit of a uh, fantasy savior for some folks this week. On the other side, the only player I really want to mention, and it's really boring, is Frank Gore. And the only reason why I'm going to mention him is because the Raiders do allow 1.2 rushing scores per game to opposing running backs. So Gore's a flex. It's boring, but he's a flex. I'll give him that. Otherwise, that's it. Indy, Houston. Houston is the gold standard of fantasy football matchups for running backs. They are what you want your running back to have every week. 142 rushing yards allowed per game. 5.27 yards per carry. Now Jonathan Taylor will be back. Is it the Jonathan Taylor from week 11? Or is it the Jonathan Taylor from basically the rest of the season? That I don't know, but I said it earlier in the week, and I'm going to uh, simply reiterate, I think we have to use him as an RB2. Not overly confident there, but I think we have to. And I think Naeem Hines is a flex option here. Deshaun Watson is a player that a lot of people are looking at this week as to whether you should start him or not. Now, I will say that when it comes down to these start-sit decisions, the start-your-studs thing is is a really bland form of advice. It's a old. It's, it's, a, it's really dated. Start your studs is from really the early 2000s, like 2005. That's a that's a 2005 advice piece. There are very few studs in the NFL for fantasy purposes. Very few. Deshaun Watson is not one of them. But my advice is start your best players. And the way that I think about fantasy football is the same way I think about sports betting. I don't place a wager and think I am absolutely going to win this. I don't. I think I have a 60% chance of winning this, or I have a 62 or a 70% or whatever, or a, or a 53% chance of winning it. That's what I think. So I realize that with a 60% chance, if you bet that 100 times, you win 60, you lose 40. I lose a lot, in other words. Not more than I win, but still a lot. And when I think about fantasy football play, it's the same thing. So if I was saying like Deshaun Watson... Or, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, right? Uh, and I know it's it's a little bit exaggerated, but here, how often if we played the game a thousand times, how many of how many games does Deshaun Watson outscore Mitchell Trubisky? It's not a thousand, right? But it's probably something like seven hundred. You know, seven hundred out of a thousand times, six hundred and seventy-five out of a thousand times, he outscores Mitchell Trubisky. So there are uh potential 
avenues where, yes, Trubisky is the better play for fantasy, but the reality is we don't know when that's going to happen or if it's going to happen. We only know the percentage chance that Watson is going to be the better play. So I would rather, in the long term, make the higher percentage play than the lower percentage play. Folks who go out and make the lower percentage play on a consistent basis are long-term losers. It happens in sports betting all the time. There are people who who don't do their due diligence. They go out and they bet based on what they think, feel, and believe. And a lot of times they are low percentage plays. And so they're long-term losers. And then they wonder why they lose. There are people in fantasy football who make these low percentage start sit decisions and then wonder why they lose. It, it It's not a coincidence. So that's how you have to think about this. Uh, if you if you really want to play winning fantasy football, that's how you think about it. And Watson is going to be a better play than most out there, even without Will Fuller. Even against this Indianapolis Colts defense, which, by the way, they allowed three passing scores to Rodgers in Week 11, three passing scores to Stafford in Week 8. So I don't think that this is just a complete, oh, wow, terrible matchup. No, I don't think so. Uh, David Johnson looks like he'll be back. He'll be an RB2. Keep an eye on Jordan Aikens. I think this is like the savvy play right here. Stashing. I don't love stashing tight ends, but if he sees the target volume I think he's going to see with his athletic upside, he's going to be a really interesting option for the stretch run for the fantasy football playoffs. Rams and Arizona Cardinals. Cam Akers is very tempting for a lot of people. I would resist it. Don't take the cheese The reason is simple. He still was the number three back in terms of usage last week. Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown ahead of him. Akers is too risky to use as a fantasy fantasy flex option. I want him on my bench, though. (laughs) And I have him on my bench. Because that could change this week. I don't want to risk it thinking that it's going to change and it doesn't. I would rather have him on my bench and it change. And then I know now next week I can use him. Kenyon Drake was a hero in the fantasy football playoffs last year, but uh, anyway, he's he's an RB too, man. Five goal line carries last week. This isn't a the great matchup, but he's still an RB two play based on his usage. I know a lot of people are worried about Kyler Murray. The matchup is tough. LA allowing six point two yards per attempt, one passing score per game to opposing quarterbacks. That's it. But Murray. It's, it's the ability with his legs. I know people are worried about his shoulder. It's the ability with his legs in particular that makes him so appealing and is the reason why I still think he is a top 10 option. Again, Murray or Mitchell Trubisky. How often does Murray outscore Mitchell Trubisky in 1,000 games if we played it over this same week over 1,000 times? It's not 70% of the time, maybe, but it's still pretty high. 62% of the time? Something like that. I don't know. I'm doing this in my head. What do you want from me? He's a better play. He's a better play than Kirk Cousins. He's a better play than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, it's a lot closer between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but still, it's a good way to think about it. Giants in Seattle, Wayne Goldman scores touchdowns. It's a tough matchup, but he scores touchdowns. He's an RB2 play. Colt McCoy really hurts this offense, though, but I'm still going to use Wayne Gallman. On the other side, the Giants are kind of sneaky good against the pass. 1.4 passing scores allowed per game, but it doesn't move the needle for Russell Wilson. Uh, Carlos Hyde is banged up, so that's actually good for Chris Carson. Looks like Chris Carson's going to go. I'm not really worried there. And no Hyde means more volume for Carson. Josh Gordon will be back, but here's the thing. Uh, Yesterday on SiriusXM NFL Radio, Pete Carroll stopped by, and he did say it's going to take some time. Like, Josh Gordon can't play this week because of the COVID 
uh, testing. And Pete Carroll said, it, I, I think it'll, it's going to take about three weeks for him to get up to speed. So three weeks, if you're doing the math, this week is week 13, that's one. Week 14 is two, week 15 is three. That means he will not be up to speed until week 16. Just saying. First and foremost, none of us are guaranteed to play in week 16. Nobody gets a buy straight on through to the championship round. And if you're banking on having Josh Gordon for the playoffs, you're not going to have him in a full capacity by any means. He actually right now is a wasted bench spot if you ha- if you happen to pick him up. Philly, Green Bay, Miles Sanders, giddy up. Packers, 153 scrimmage yards per game to opposing running backs. Love Miles Sanders this week. Can't trust Carson Wentz. Um, it is interesting to see you know with this play calling thing. So if you didn't hear about this, uh, the Eagles are going to rely a little bit more on Press Taylor. If you don't know Press Taylor, his brother happens to be a head coach in the NFL. His name's Zach, uh, so he comes from a football family. And uh, Press has been with the Eagles since the Chip Kelly days, actually, just kind of working his way up. He's young. He's really young. But uh, sounds like they could get him more involved in play calling. Take that out of Doug's hands here. Maybe it helps. Maybe it doesn't. I tell you what, though, when you see a, a player who is struggling on, you know, struggling to see the field like Carson Wentz is, uh, making him, uh, you know, really essentially taking the decision making out of his hands is is a good thing, and hopefully they go that route. We shall see. But Zach Ertz will be back. Doesn't impact Dallas Goddard for me. I still love Dallas Goddard. He's such a mismatch, such a stud. So he's a top 10 play. On the other side, I mean, you're starting the usual suspects, but I'll say if you're tempted to use Jamal Williams because of last week's fantasy performance, he is not a flex play for me in this one. The Eagles run defense is no joke. 3.37 yards per carry allowed. Yeah, that's pretty tough right there. So I would not use uh, Jamal Williams in this one. Just tossing that out there. Would not use him. Everybody else, normal, you're using. New England and the Chargers. The Chargers are one of just... Three defenses allow over five yards per carry to opposing running backs. So Damian Harris is an RB2. Cam said he's going to play, but man, is he risky in one quarterback leagues. Even though it's a good matchup, I just can't use him as a top 12 right now. And you know I love me some Super Cam. I know I'm on an island with that, but not in this one. On the other side, it's actually a relatively tough matchup for Justin Herbert. Seventh fewest fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. I'm still going to use Justin Herbert, though. You know, it's it's really two quarterbacks trending in opposite directions. Austin Eckler is going to touch the ball a buttload in this one as well. I uh, love him. He's he's a borderline elite play. Denver, Kansas City. Drew Locke will be back, so they have a quarterback, but it really doesn't change my outlook on the Broncos. I'm fading them fairly closely ac- across the board with the exception of Melvin Gordon in season long. Melvin Gordon is a boring RB2 option for me. I don't love Noah Fant. I don't love Jerry Judy. I, I really don't love much of it. I do love Tyreek Hill, of course, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably the player we need to talk about here the most. Uh, he has a, what's being called a stomach virus, so he's been out with an illness for the last two days. I think he's going to go here, but just have Le'Veon Bell on speed dial just in case, man. Just saying. It's not a bad matchup. Denver's the number 12 matchup for running backs. Washington and Pittsburgh. On the Washington side, Pittsburgh is so tough. They are the second worst, or the worst fantasy matchup for quarterbacks, second worst fantasy matchup for running backs. So I don't care about Alex Smith. We're not using him, but it does put a little damper on on, uh, Terry McLaurin, who's dealing with an ankle injury as well. 
And I'm not using Logan Thomas here. He's not a streamer option. As far as Antonio Gibson is concerned, it's just the nose for the end zone that that I, I don't care about the matchup. He has 11 rushing scores on the season. This is a kid who all he did was score touchdowns in college. Now all he's doing as a pro is scoring touchdowns. He's an RB1 play. I, I, it may be famous last words, but I'm using him as a top 12 play. On the other side, the football team's pretty good against the pass. 216 net passing yards per game allowed. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting litmus test against the the Steelers passing game because obviously it's pretty robust. I'm not going to use Ben if I can get away with it as a quarterback one, but I'm not. I'm certainly not fading the Steelers wideouts here. Uh, Washington's run defense has also been pretty impressive. I don't know if James Conner will be uh, off of the reserve COVID list by this point. So Benny Snell would be an RB two option, even even though it's a tough matchup. Buffalo, San Francisco. Josh Allen gets a tough one. No doubt about it. San Francisco's pass defense is very good. But there is just no way that I am sitting Josh Allen, especially if my playoff life is on the line. You know, let's go through the list again. Josh Allen or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. It's a tough matchup for Justin Herbert. I'd rather go with Josh Allen. Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. Tough matchup for Kyler Murray. I'd rather go with Josh Allen. Josh Allen or Kirk Cousins. Come on. Really? We're going to do that? Or Fitzpatrick, or Derek Carr, or Trubisky. No, we're not doing that. Josh Allen's in, man. Josh Allen's in, regardless of the matchup. Uh, not the week to use any anything else there outside of the usual suspects. So I, I would use Diggs and Allen in season long. Obviously, in DFS, Gabe Davis can be in play, same with Cole Beasley, but not using the backfield. Speaking of the backfield on the other side, it's a nice matchup for the San Francisco backfield, but remember, Raheem Mostert, 29 snaps last week, Jeff Wilson, 25, and, but wait, there's more, Tevin Coleman gets back on the field this week. Yay. So, it's still Mostert, but he's an RB2 play, and I hate committees, but that's what we have here. Actually, like Jordan Reed as a streamer this week. The Bills are one of two defenses to allow over 60 yards, receiving yards per game to opposing tight ends. So not a bad matchup there for Jordan Reed. Let's round it out here with Dallas and Baltimore. Zeke is backsliding. He's an RB2. It's the fumbling issues. It's the offensive issue. It's the uh, good play of Tony Pollard. It's the matchup. He's an RB2. But just like Alvin Kamara, you know, kind of bookending the show, with this advice, he's an RB too. You do probably still have to use him. Somebody did ask me earlier today, though, Ezekiel Elliott or Antonio Gibson, and it's like, whoa, Antonio Gibson. Like, wow, this is how far we've come this year, but that's where I would go. But in a lot of instances, you probably still have to use Zeke. He's an RB too. On the other side, I don't know if Lamar's going to play. I wish I could tell you. John Harbaugh wouldn't let us know. It's a great matchup. 2.2 passing touchdowns per game. Dallas is the number 10 fantasy matchup for quarterbacks. But we can't just bank on Lamar playing. And Robert Griffin doesn't look like he's going to play regardless. So if Lamar doesn't go, it'll be Trace McSorley. Yikes. Yeah, I know. He had the long touchdown pass to Mar- Marquise Brown. You get Awesome. Uh, it's still a yikes. It's still a yikes from me. That's my official answer. My final answer. J.K. Dobbins, though, not yikes. J.K. Dobbins is a, is a borderline top 12 play this week. The uh, Cowboys aren't that good against the run. Dobbins was the clear lead back back in week 11. I expect a heavy workload for him. I love J.K. Dobbins this week. There you go. That's it. This is going to be wild. It's week 13. Patience 
you know, calm, cool, collected in the eye of the storm here when you're making those start-sit decisions. You can do this. Don't overthink it. Play your best players, all right? Okay, so in the meantime, you can also do me a favor. Head on over to ftnfantasy.com. Check out everything we have to offer over there. So much goodness over at ftnfantasy.com. Keep reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is open up the Apple Podcast app if you have an iPhone and then scroll down to the bottom on my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, and click the stars, and then you review the show. It's really easy. It'll take you a couple seconds, and it helps the show out immensely. For everybody who has reviewed the show, I appreciate that, and we know we have a little contest going on to celebrate. Uh, All you have to do to enter the contest is go on Twitter or Instagram and say why you like the show. Include the rant, include uh, Rat Pack as hashtag, so hashtag the rant, hashtag Rat Pack, my Twitter handle, and a link to the show. So basically, you're promoting the show. Have fun with it. Use a GIF if you you choose to. And yes, it's a freaking GIF. I don't give you a gift for Christmas, all right, or your birthday. I give you a gift, so it's a GIF, all right? (laughs) Use a GIF. Make me laugh. Entertain me. Today is the final day to enter. Any tweets after midnight Eastern will not be counted. So make sure you get in on this. Winner gets some swag. I will choose a winner and tell you who that is next week. And I appreciate everybody who's already entered in. It's been pretty awesome. Some funny stuff right there. Some funny-ish right there. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And I will be back on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe. And I'm out of here. We'll be right back.